right, well, thank you. Amazing song. You guys sound great. Appreciate the passion, Juan, and everybody. For God's love, it's a passionate thing, and uh, amen. Give it up for our worship team. We're excited for them. And it's just great to be together today. Today we're going to be continuing our series called Greater Love. And I was pretty excited that John chapter 15 came my way this time. It was kind of a 50-50 chance, and it, I, I, got, I got it. So uh, I'm excited about that. One of my favorite uh, passages in Scripture and kind of the theme verse of our first six months of the year, Greater Love, where, where Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, and he lay down his life for his friends. And I don't know if you've had opportunities to love so far in 2022, Have you had some opportunities where you had to lay down your life for your friends or you were put in a situation where you had to choose? Am I going to love? Am I not going to love? Am I going to retaliate? Am I going to be at peace? Am I going to pray? Am I going to go the way that Christ wants me to go? And I pray that as we get deeper and deeper in our walk with God, that we get more about love and laying down our lives for each other. And we're not just trying to go to church together, but really be friends. You know, live life together, and uh, I'm excited about that. Today, we're, for those of you who aren't here, uh, haven't been in the church here for too long, you're going to get to experience something that you may like or you may regret, uh, that we, every once in a while, I give everybody updates on my orange tree, so half of you, half of you are excited and half of you are like, how, you know, so if you want to go to the bathroom right now, I'll be done in about five minutes with the orange tree part. And um, this was kind of the, and you'll see where I'm going with this hopefully eventually, but this was kind of some pictures of the tree, the kind of the wide, the one on the left there, the, that, that's what it looked like. And so this year, I didn't think it was going to be such a great year. I mean, we lost a lot of oranges to like the wind, and this is not a very big tree. I mean, it's only about like this big. It's like seven feet tall. And it turns out that we actually had a new record this year of 68 oranges on my little tree. And sometimes you never know what you're going to get. But if you're, this is your first time, Erica, I know you've been in Philly, so you haven't heard anything about these trees. There's been a long history that I'll spare you, but we've had water issues. We've had rat issues. One year, rats ate every single orange on the tree. We've had wind issues where they all got knocked off. Last year, the big thing was the fertilizer issue that I forgot to fertilize, a.k.a. was too cheap to buy the fertilizer for 20 bucks. And so it was a pretty thin year. And little did I know, you're always learning. When I was in Kids Kingdom today, uh, Thelma told me that the, the secret is to add, to add B12 to a gallon of water and do that on citrus. Have anybody ever done that before? Okay, well, if you haven't, you're missing out, at least from Thelma's sake. So that's what I'm going to add this year. We're going to see how that goes. But it, it's kind of a little hobby of mine. And this year was pretty cool. We had, you know, that was like a close-up of kind of like the highlight ones, you know. And there were some of them that were huge. And so there was only 68, so I did bring 10 to share. I thought that was pretty sacrificial. Um, Connor didn't. You know, I was kind of prying him out of Connor's hands because he's like our OJ fiend in the household there. So uh, I do have some oranges. Does anybody want to try one of these babies? 
Anybody that can catch? I think he, I believe you can catch. There we go. Gary, it's just fun. This is just a fun part of church. Oh, Ronnie's getting involved. Todd's ambitious. All right. One for you. How about the new guy? Here we go. I'm sorry we ran out. That was probably one of the most fun things I've done at church in a long time. Next year, maybe I'll try it like baseball style and have people bring a glove. But anyways, this, you know, we're going to look at the, a little bit at the orange tree as we've seen. And then I have what's not so famous is the lemon and grapefruit tree, which we're going to talk about here. But if you want a famous lemon tree, it's, it's Poncho's. He's got this massive, like, 30-foot-tall tree. It used to be Abe and Kelly. They had a really big one, but they hacked it all up in their backyard, so it's not that good anymore. I know Bernard Sr. has a really good one. The Moyas, I mean, I scored at the Moyas the other, uh, last year. I went over to, supposedly, to help them take, help them take down some of the Christmas decorations, but basically it was to just get as many lemons as I could from their trees. But the grapefruit, uh, Queen is probably watching online. Erin Husband's mom. She, they have the most amazing grapefruits there. So I'm, I'm just uh, putting in my little plug. To, not that I'm waiting for him or anything, Erin, but uh, it would be nice to see him at church. No. Uh, she always comes and shares them, and, like, we take as many bags as we can. Now, we, we take our fair share, but it is pretty awesome. Okay, so here's the lemon and grapefruit tree here. And I promise you, this is going to all come around. So just, you know, stay with me if you're getting tired. I see a few of you. But the wind knocked down, like, all the le- a lot of the lemons this year. We only had eight. And last year, the tree was, like, 20 feet tall, and it, it, it didn't have hardly any. So I kind of hacked it down. But the grapefruit tree was really the problem. Last year, I had, like, one grapefruit. And it was all growing, like, only this way, and there was, like, nothing on that side. I think it was, like, my... My landscaper, they, they had to put a grapefruit tree in, and they, they didn't have one. They found one, like, in the back, laying down in the yard, and they're just like, oh, let's, let's give them this one, you know? We'll, we'll fill up the spot with that. So it, I, 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 last year, I just got so tired of it, I just hacked it all the way up, and I'm like, I am going to fix you. <laughs> that was my thing. I'm going to fix you. And this summer, it said, well, you didn't fix me because it lost every single leaf fell off in the the hot days of summer there. And so it was just a good lesson of philosophy. Sometimes you want to change everything at once. That's not really a good thing because you might lose everything in the process. You know, God just takes his time with us one thing at a time. And uh, so I have no idea what's wrong with that grapefruit tree. I'm just going to put some B12 on it and hope it goes better. Hopefully we don't do that with our spiritual lives, just kind of like throw a couple things at it and hope it goes, but that's what I'm going to do with this one this year. So let's pray, and if you can wake up, we're going to go past the trees here afterwards. So, uh, Father, we're just so uh, just grateful to be together. God, thank you that we can have a little fun at church and just even uh, the little hobbies that you give us that give us some joy, and I just pray for the next uh, little bit that you get me out of the way that that we can truly see what, what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about the, the gardener and being connected to him. God, we love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today is called Remain in Me. 
And this, this comes up 11 different times in John chapter 15. So he talks about remaining in me 11 different times. And love is talked about in the book of John like 57 times. So it's all over there in the, the 21 chapters. In the book of 1 John, love comes up 46 times. And so my goal for today is to connect remaining in Jesus and loving Jesus. That when you love Jesus, you, you remain in him, and when you remain in him, you love him. And so every and not just that and so staying with Christ is about a relationship with God. That it's not a checklist, it's not something that we have to do, it's not a bunch of commands, but it is a walk with God. And I learned something new this week that remaining, the word remain, is not a passive word. So it's not just like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm just going to take a nap. And that's, that's remaining in Jesus, you know. Jesus is like my bed and I'm just going to go curl up there. And No, remain is an active word that you have to fight to stand your ground. And what I, as I was reading about it, I was thinking about anybody play basketball? Anybody like basketball? Okay, Aaron, thank you, man. Wow, I was hanging there for a second. So remaining in Jesus is kind of like back, boxing somebody out in basketball. That you're trying to get there, and they're trying to push you back, and you're trying to push back into them just so you can stay in the same spot. But if you let go, what happens? You get washed, and you're, you're in the wrong spot, and you, get, you just get blown out. You know, if you maybe you're into football and now it's the playoffs and everything. So it's kind of like the nose guard that's just trying to all he's trying to do is just stay in the same place. And everybody is trying to move him out of the way. So in remaining in Christ, if you can picture that, you need to fight to stand with Christ. And if you don't, you're going to get blown away. That's what Jesus is talking about with his disciples. That's my first point. Remain in the vine. And this year, on our, we went on our 25th anniversary to Napa, and I knew that I was going to, at one point or another, do a sermon like this. So I took pictures of the vine, to picture the, 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 the fruit there and the vines, and then all the vines all stacked up next to each other. And really the idea that we need to fight to stay connected to Jesus. And so turn over in John 15 and verse 1. He says, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So that big idea of fighting to stay with Christ, of keeping everything else out, not letting anything get you out of where God wants you to be, to continue, you know, the other definition besides just fighting to stay in one place is to continue to possess a a certain quality, or fulfill a particular role. So not only are we trying to stay with Jesus, but we want to stay there with the right qualities, with the right heart. That we're trying to stay pure, and we're trying to stay righteous, and we're trying to stay with Christ 
in loving and serving and even staying fighting to remain in a particular role. You know, to fight to remain in our role with our spouse, in our role with our kids, in our role in our family groups, to fight to continue to serve and to give and to grow. And if any time we stop resisting, we stop giving. We stop loving. We stop having the right. We stop caring about the right heart. We get more cynical. We get further away from where we're supposed to be, from even where we want to be. We're like, man, I wish I could be over there. And today I'm hoping that you decide that you can get, you want to get back to where you need to be with Christ. And if you're there, that you're going to continue to fight. If you haven't been fighting, I'll just tell you, you've been getting blown away. If you haven't been fighting to have a good heart, you haven't been struggling to be righteous and to serve and to give and to, to, to fulfill the role that God has given you, then you're not most probably remaining. Because it's not something that just happens. We don't just like fall into it. We have to fight to be able to stay there. So in my question, which is the same question that I'm going to ask you at the end, is what is Jesus trying to prune in us to help us to remain in him? What are the branches that he's trying to get out of us? You know, I use the fruit trees. It's kind of a weird story. But God is looking at us in the same way, like, what am I going to, what do I need to prune out of Scott this year? What do I need to hack off? What am I just tired of? And I'm in, you know, I want him to just get out of this. You know, how can I fertilize it? How can I make it grow? That's God looking at us as we look at this year, as he looks at our lives. What will you let get in the way of that fruit that God wants from you? Of that destiny. And here it even taught, I love that picture of remain in me as I remain in you, that it's kind of a, it's a mutual commitment. That it's not like, oh, I'm going to remain in Jesus. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to remain in you too. I'm fully committed to you and I want you to have that same commitment back to me. And we're going to, we're going to fight this together. And guess who's going to do the hard work? Not us. <laughs> He's going to do the hard work. And he's going to produce an amazing thing if we allow him to. And he says right here, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. There's an element of humility that he wants from all of us to be able to remain in him to say, I need Jesus. That without him, I can't do anything. He goes on to say that later. But if we feel like we're good, we're content, we're all set, then right there we're, we're out of Jesus because he wants us to acknowledge him and to acknowledge our need. And I found this poem. It was a little cheesy, but I liked it. Faith and hope this family yields. It's about a farming family. Anybody grow up on a farm? Oh, thank you, Steve. What kind of farm was it? Milking cows, okay. Faith and hope this family yields. Love, laughter grows in our fields. From starry skies to the crop-covered plain, on the farm our hearts always remain. 
And I believe God has an amazing vision for us, even in this short parable, that when we remain in him, that he promises joy. That he promises life. He promises fruit. He promises blessings. If we can decide to remain in him and fight for that vision for his life for, that he has for us. Point number two, remain in my words. Let's continue reading in verse six, verse five. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. That's an awesome promise. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me, you are a branch. If you do not remain in me, however, also, correction, you are a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So point number two, remain in my words. That that same kind of fight and and spirit that we need to remain in Christ, we need to have that same spirit to remain dedicated to the words of God. To go after them like pure gold, like great riches, like the sweetest of foods. To memorize and meditate. To think about. To sing to ourselves, to our kids. To not just look at the word, but let it get into our souls. You ever felt like you've been burned in this life based on some Bad decisions you've made? I have. When we step out of the word of God, he promises us that it's not going to go well. That if we step away, if we resist, and we all resist, sometimes we know he wants us to do something, or you know he doesn't want us to do something, and we just say, whatever, I'm doing it anyways. And there comes a point when we hit a wall and we are burned like this scripture says. I pray that we let his word direct our lives and not just look at it as a book. We're not just reading a book. This is a love letter from Christ. This, isn't, this is a relationship. Remaining in his words is remaining in that relationship. To realize that when we read the words of God that it It speaks to us that there's an interaction that's going on throughout the entire day between us and God. Sometimes we just love the words, but the Pharisees also just love the words. But they didn't love Jesus. They didn't love one another. They just had it all figured out. And yet they missed the most important thing, which was Christ. Interacting with Christ. He says, when you remain in my words, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure what that means. But I know a few things that it doesn't mean. That would be pretty awesome, right? Just ask God today and tomorrow. You wake up and under your tree it's there. You know that God is not a wishing well. 
And yet he promises us that if we ask him, that he'll do things for us. Maybe when we're in his word that much that our requests become more what God wants us to have. That our hearts change where we desire what he desires and then he answers our requests. I pray that we continue to have that dedication to his word, that fight to stay in the word. What, what does it take for you to get out of the word? What does it take for you to be not dwelling in the word and not meditating on God's word? That those are the things that we need to resist so that we can enjoy the promise of God. In verse, we'll keep reading. In verse 9, I'm going to get three of my points out of there. But the third one is remain in my love. And the best thing I could think about that came to my mind was a, a child running to their parent and just jumping up and just grabbing them all around their neck like this girl here. Just that kind of love and connection and protection and there's nothing that can get in the way. Maybe you've experienced this or you've seen this or you've done this or you've heard that those words, daddy, 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 just coming up and jumping on you. Man, there's nothing quite like that. The only I found this quote, the only way that we learn to love is by being loved and watching others. We learn love by being loved and watching others, by experiencing it. Maybe you experienced that in your family. Maybe it was from a friend. Maybe it was at church. Maybe it was your spouse. But God is wanting us to continue to grow in our love. You ever feel like you don't understand what love is? You ever think about how God loves us unconditionally and that is so not us? I do. That sometimes you feel like when you blow it, like God's love is just gone. That's because we don't understand it. We don't quite get it. That we need to grow in even our understanding of what that love is. And we need to grow in even our experience. Not just to know about it, but to, to have it, to, to hold on to it, to feel it. And our capacity to love. That as we remain in his love, that we grow in our experience, our understanding, and even our capacity to love. Even our willingness to love. Jesus is reminding us that he died for you. And not only did he die for you, but he lives for you. That every day he li he's living for you. There's nothing that you can do to make God love you more than he already does. There's nothing you can do. He's already given you his full heart. But it's hard to remain there. It's hard to get that. It's hard to experience that. I wonder if that's why John wrote love so many times. Because that wasn't who he was before. He was the guy that wanted to burn down cities. But I believe everything that he did 
went through his love for God. That it wasn't a checklist. It wasn't just something that we do on Sundays. But it was the center of his life. Even thinking about love being the center, remaining in love just even at home. When we do the most mundane things that we still are called to do them out of love. When you make dinner for the 90,000th time for your family to be able to do that with love. When you make the bed, when you pick up the dishes that aren't yours. When you pay the bills, when, you know, just having that spirit in our homes of encouragement, of lifting one another up, of forgiveness. That's remaining in his love. At our jobs, the same thing, to fight and have that love at work, in the fellowship, at church. To fight and remain in the love of Christ. To have everything we do as Christians because of the love of Christ. And directed by the love of Christ. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It's amazing how the word joy comes up four different times in these five chapters and connects loving Jesus and obeying his commands and the Holy Spirit and joy all together that it's all one package. Loving Christ and being connected to him and wanting to obey him and having the Holy Spirit and loving one another, it's all connected to remaining in Jesus. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And the verse we read before, greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go, that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. He says that again. This is my command. Love each other. To, have, to remain in the love of Christ. As we, some of us, we celebrated Dr. King's birthday yesterday. And I found this quote that we have probably heard. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Only the love of Christ can drive out hate from this world. Only if we fight to have that love from him. Remaining in my commands. And some of us, when we hear the term commands, we, we start to get heavy and we start to feel like, oh man, there's now there's a bunch of things I have to do. There's a bunch of rules and regulations. That's not what Jesus was talking about. He said that his commands are not burdensome. 
It's not a checklist. That's what Judaism was. That's what he was trying to get out of. There's not 66 things that you need to do to be a Christian. Simply love Jesus and love others around you. I love this picture of friends just hanging out. You probably can't see it, but they're drinking soda and they're eating some kind of candy. Which you can do when you're young, right? (laughs) But they're... I just pictured friends. We're, we're just hanging out with each other. We're having, having a soda and having some M&Ms or whatever. That sometimes we take ourselves so seriously that we forget that we're just forgiving people just hanging out with Jesus. That following his commands is just making him happy, encouraging our friend Jesus. I love that picture. But to ask ourselves, do we feel like friends with Christ? Am I just a good soldier? I know we sang that song so many times, hard fighting soldiers. It's good to be a fighting soldier, but it's better to be a friend of Christ. And if you're a friend, you're going to fight for your friend, right? But you're not just a servant. Like we want to defend our friends. We want to defend our family. We want to defend Christ. But we do it because we love them. And we want to be obedient. There's not a rebellion when you're just trying to make your friend happy. You know, how is your, how do you look at the commands of God? Is it like a, is it a burden? Is it a, just some challenge that I need to overcome? Or is it, man, I want to, I want to please God. I want to make him happy. Why wouldn't I, as a Christian, want to please God? Why wouldn't I want to follow? These commands that are meant to help me. These commands that keep us healthy. That help us grow. That help people to see Christ. That help his word to spread. I pray that we can fight to remain, not just to love Jesus, but to obey Jesus. And follow the commands that he's given us. And do it as we would a friend. And if there's something in there that's weird that you don't like obeying things, then that's a problem. (laughs) Jesus says, obeying me equals loving me. And I pray that we can fight to obey Jesus and want to obey. And finally, to love and remain with each other. As he said, his, his command is this, love one another. This comes up, it's coming up every week. Jesus said this over and over and over and over. And we're having fun in the church here that there's a couple weddings that are coming, getting very close. Uh, Sydney and Austin are coming up in February. And Ted and Lacey are coming up in April. And it's just kind of fun to hear the stories and have the, you know, engagement parties and and I love this picture of this couple. They're in, they're in Italy for a wedding. And it's a black and white picture. And it just makes you feel like you're back in time in this magical wedding here. And just thinking about that picture. And as I saw this picture, I, I thought of the wedding, but I saw all the vines just all next to each other. That we're all next to one another. That God calls us all to be connected to all to be with one another. 
vine by vine, row by row, from the front to the, to the back. In families, as in churches, we hurt each other. We make promises that we don't keep sometimes. We forget birthdays. Hopefully you don't forget birthdays in your immediate family. But we've forgotten some cousins. We've forgotten some aunts. We can feel sometimes even in our own family that we're not good enough to please one another. We frustrate one another. We go through challenges, and that's why Jesus is saying you need to remain. Keep that love for each other. To keep fighting for one another. If we stop fighting to remain in love with one another in the same way we stop fighting for Christ. If we don't remain in Jesus, we don't remain with one another. And if we don't remain with one another, then we don't remain with Jesus. They go together. We can't have just Jesus and we can't just have one another. We need both. How else are we supposed to forgive one another? Pray for one another when we're hurt. Bear with one another. Have patience, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness. How else are we going to do that without Christ? And that's why he commanded them to remain in love with one another. My question to us on this point is, are we connected relationally to one another? Are we friends? I'm not talking about COVID. I don't really, that doesn't mean anything. It means a lot. But that's not an excuse of why we're not connected. That's not an excuse of, oh, I love you, but during COVID, I don't love you. That's crazy talk. So are we connected with one another? Are we connected meeting one another's needs? I've heard some amazing stories of how people are meeting each other's needs, but I I doubt that's all of us. Are we praying for one another? Are we meeting the needs of the church, even financially? Or do we forget to give to God during COVID? Or do we forget to help our brothers during COVID or our sisters during COVID? Do we give in to our emotions and our relationships and therefore we don't love one another? Because we get hurt or we get upset or we get ticked off or we get, we don't know, we get all wrapped around ourselves. I'm sure none of us have ever done with that, done that before. Are we serving one another? Because that's what remaining one another is. It's serving, it, it's giving, it's not just falling asleep next to someone, it's, it's giving your life to someone else. You know, we're every, we've been talking even about Kingdom Kids. You know, we have a few Kingdom Kids coordinators that are probably ready to jump ship right now. Because <laughs> last week we needed eight teachers, and this week we needed nine. Now we need nine. I don't know how that happened. Oh, seven. We went down one. But just the idea of serving one another, even serving one another's kids. In, in so many ways, like... Even if, if you don't serve me, that's cool. But if you serve my kid, that's even 
that's twice as good. Whether you have kids in there or don't have kids in there or whatever, I think that was just an example. I know we have a lot of people that are at home and we love everybody there too. But just that attitude of how can I serve? Not just Kingdom Kids, I'm just using that as an example. But how can I serve? How can I fight to love you? Not just hang out and fall asleep. Many marriages start... But not many of them, not all of them stay. Many marriages start, but not all of them have that love for one another. They might be in the same house, but somehow they gave up the love somewhere along the way. Not, many, not, not every marriage thrives. And is what God wants it to be of calling one another higher and Bearing fruit for God. Everybody wants to do it. But with Christ, we can thrive. In the same way, many people start with Jesus. They start following. They say, man, I'm going to follow Jesus. But not all of them stay with Jesus. They get pushed away and stop fighting. Not everybody that starts with Jesus continues to love Jesus and continues to stay in that love. They get bitter. They get hurt. They pull back. And not everybody that starts with Jesus thrives and bears fruit and sees God, God's work in their lives. My challenge for us today is to remain with Jesus. To remain in his words, in his love, in his commands. And to remain with one another. To never stop remaining in Christ. My question to you as we take our communion together is in what way is God pruning me so that I can be more fruitful? In what way do I need to die so that God can live through me? It says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. In what way do you and I need to lay down our lives today? And I pray that as we take our communion that we can reflect on these things and know that God loves us, but he is working on us to help us to bear much fruit for him. Let's pray and we'll take our communion. Father, we do thank you so much for this time. We thank you for just how much you care about us, God, that you have a plan, you you have a, a desire for us, that you're not just sitting back waiting for us, God, that you're running towards us. I pray that today that we can embrace you, that we can embrace even the things that are hard. Even the things that we don't want to talk about, we don't want to deal with, we don't want to change, that we will recognize that you are leading us and you're with us and you want to be in us and bear much fruit with us, God. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you lay down your life for us. As we consider the body and, and the blood that you shed for us to, to exhibit that in our lives. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.